the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are in the eye of the hurricane. The official podcast of Manatee Hurricanes football with your host, Chad Choke. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Eye of the Hurricane with head football coach Jacquez Green. I'm your host, Chad Choke. We want to thank you for joining us tonight as we talk about everything Manatee football. Coach, thanks for joining us uh, after practice today. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Appreciate it, Chad. Thanks for having me on. So uh, another rough week in playing Clearwater Academy uh, International. Um, I believe CAI, not CIA, uh, but losing to them 42-7 last week. Um, and uh, and to be honest with you, just seemed like one of those games where uh, when it rains, it pours. Um, and, you know, when in, if anything could bad could happen, I felt like it, it did happen, whether it be mistakes again on uh, with with punt snaps, whether it be uh, in catches. That's a fumble. They return back. I can't believe that. Every, it just seemed like everything can happen, could happen. A snowball effect when it rains, it pours, things like that. Uh, what were your feelings just about the game and, and what transpired? Um, Clearwater uh, Academy is the type of team you, you can't make mistakes against. They're, uh, as I alluded to last week, they're very explosive on offense. They average over 500 yards a game, and they're very balanced. You know, maybe 250 passing, maybe 250 rushing. Um, you know, as we've been doing the last couple of weeks, we started the game out, moving the football down the field, and we, we tend to self-destruct. Uh, we had a reverse call down there, which would have been a first down on about the 15, 20-yard line, and we get called for a holding call where the running back was supposed to be carrying out a fake and not even trying to block that guy. So that, that's the type of things we're dealing with right now. Um, it was a 10th grader, so hopefully we can correct that in the future. So we run that play again, he'll, he will not make that same mistake. Uh, we, we talked about it in the broadcast during the game, and to me – it's little things, a lot of little things, and when they add up, they become big things. And when and, and little things out there by what I mean by that, so you so we're on the same page as you know, you just mentioned one guy blocking that he shouldn't be blocking. That's a that's a one one of those things. Uh, one misstep by an offensive lineman that should be stepping his left foot first instead of his right foot. Now he gives a gap. Um, you know, quarterback taking his eyes off the snap to see if someone's coming and you drop the snap. Um, just little things like that that seem to just add up. So you can go back on defense, same thing, stepping with the right wrong foot or reading the wrong key or not reading your key at all or, or flowing to some, a part of the, the, the ball you shouldn't be flowing or doing a play, you, know, you doing a position that you shouldn't be doing, play your position. Little things add up to big things. Is that something that, that you kind of see, or is, is that or are, we, are we off base there? Or is my, my thinking off base there? Is that something that, you know, you fix some of those little things, and I don't think it's as big of an issue. Yeah, you know, as, as you as you talked about a few minutes ago, uh, on their long post route, we knew they ran a lot of RPOs, and the cornerback should have been playing inside leverage, and he's playing outside leverage. So he basically just gave up the post route for free because we knew they was going to read the strong safety, and he'd come down for a run, they was going to throw the football. Uh, but if our corner was inside, the guy who had to hold the football would probably get sacked. Uh, 
Uh, also, one time we had a blitz come off the corner. Cornell came free the backside defense end, ran inside the deep, uh, the backside defense end, went inside, which gave the quarterback a place to run out the pocket. So, if guys just do their jobs and, and trust their coaching, and and, and you know do what we ask them to do, we can eliminate some of those mistakes. You know, but um, as we go along, we're trying to play guys that are really listen to the coaching and not try to do their own thing out there. You know, and that's one thing I don't think. Uh, the average fan sitting up in the in the stands uh, understands or sees even, and you talk about inside leverage of a of a of a corner. You know, we're talking six to eight inches to maybe a foot difference of being on one shoulder than the other can change the outcome of a play, and it's those little things. And so the next question, you know, I think would come up to to a fan sitting there. Well, uh, are we coaching that? <laughs> of course, you're coaching that. Yes. And so then it becomes uh, how do we connect the two between the coaching on Monday through Thursday uh, to then making sure it's done on Friday. A lot of that comes with experience and playing. And in some positions, this is the first time experience. Yeah, but a lot of it comes with experience. You, know? you can you can go over it a million times and talk about it a million times, but until the guy is actually in the game, he actually sees that situation. It, it's hard for him to be able to play until he actually you know sees you know sees the purpose of playing inside as opposed to playing that outside. And 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 you know, got a lot of young guys that's playing. And nowadays with these RPO offenses, you no, know, he, he should know that if he play inside, the quarterback pulls the ball, there's nowhere to throw the football. Um, but we showed him on film the reason why we play inside on that particular coverage, and hopefully he doesn't make them same mistake because he, he probably won't make them same mistake because he won't be in there this week. So <laughs> we're going with some other guys that you know we think give us a better chance to win, or guys that take coaching a little bit better. Well, and, and you know when you make some changes like that, some personnel changes like that, um, hopefully those guys that you thought maybe were were better could be potential better players realize hey man i really do gotta you know play exactly what i'm coached to play or i'm gonna sit sit on the sideline and i don't want to do that and so maybe it pushes them to really take that coaching to heart and and play like they should be yeah hopefully it pushes them hopefully they they, they get a chance to sit back and understand the big picture of what we're trying to do as a team you know we're trying to make you know, everyone is uh, accountable for their actions make everyone disciplined um, make sure that they're most mostly accountable to each other you know that their teammates know they're going to play the right technique be in the right place at the right time we're not asking them to do anything out the ordinary just, just do it your coach so you know we're coming to a point you're in the you're pointing the season midway through the season um obviously it, it's a tough season uh not having won a game yet on five let me get inside of the the coaching staff the room for a minute and let's explain you know look we've all we've all been in a situation i say all I, as a coach where you're frustrated you're 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 not playing as well as you know you possibly could be what are some of the things you know let's start with with the way we after we play on a friday night what is the what's the process like um to review that game um as a staff you guys as a staff and i mean even you personally whatever to look at that game together and say what are we doing right what are we doing wrong what do we need to work on does that make sense yes we we um we get together on sundays and we review each game as, as a whole entire staff and um we just go back to you know trying to get the right personnel in the field. You know, what what player uh, does it the way we ask them to do? Uh, what player plays hard? Because you naturally got some players that play harder than other players, and we try to figure out ways to not put those guys in tough situations. You no, know. at the end of the day, you know the coaching staff is we're responsible for putting the guys in the best position to make the plays. So we have to understand our personnel and and, and the ways to 
get better matchups, I think, uh, defensively and offensively. So um, hopefully this week we had a you know, decent week of practice. We started practicing a lot better the last couple of weeks. We've had a lot of continuity out there as far as practicing day after day after day with good weather. So um, we've, we've had some, you know, we've ran the ball you know, a lot better the last couple of weeks. We haven't had any – we haven't been more consistent, but we have got some push in the run game this week. So hopefully guys uh, – Continue getting better. Um, we're going to try some different things on offense this week. And hopefully um, by us playing a, a great team in Venice this week coming up, that the, the guys give a little extra effort on the field. Without, you know, obviously uh, telling X and O's and describing plays and, and that sort of thing. Um, but when you were struggling, really on both sides of the ball, struggling to score points, struggling to stop the stop points being scored, from the offensive side of the standpoint – do you um, – you, you, you just kind of said we're doing some things different offensively. Do you say, hey, listen, this isn't working. Let's try this. And is that something that you you got to make sure you practice it during the week in order to play in the game? You, you don't just on Friday night get a chalkboard out – chalkboard, gosh, how old is that? <laughs> a whiteboard out and say, hey, let's run this and draw a play up. you gotta you got to prepare for that during the week. So as you guys are sitting there and watching film – and say, look, we, we know we need to work on X, Y, Z, but we also feel like we could get this guy in, this guy, whatever. Um, then we prepare for it during the week. Yeah, you don't want to be a grab bag offense. You, know? you don't want to come each week trying something new and the next week trying something new. So you, you want to be able to do some things that you did the week before so you, the kids got some carryover from, from the type of concepts or what the techniques or whatever that they're doing. Uh, but you also want to put a few wrinkles in there, something that will help your team, I think. Us, we got to find some different ways to be able to attack the perimeter. You know, I know some of our guys don't move the best because we got to pick some big guys up front, but we try to find different ways to attack the perimeter. So hopefully, we, we have some success with you know making the defense run side to side, then come back with some downhill tight run plays. So we'll see. You know, then sometimes it comes down to not only the wrinkles and, and some of the different stuff like that, but also personnel. Sometimes you can take guys. I think we, we saw later in the game uh, Stan coming over from the defensive line, helping the offensive line. Sometimes you got to bring guys over and say, hey, we need you on offense. And I'm not saying, again, don't um, we don't need to get uh, – because I know Peacock. Uh, he going to listen. <laughs> but I'm not saying we got to go into what the game plan is, but is there thought about, listen, there's some guys – you know, you name like a Tariq Allen, who is a special guy when the ball's in his hands. He's electric. Do you say, hey, we got to come over and get you some touches on the field? Or someone else saying, you got to get help on both sides of the ball or something like that? Yeah, we got some guys that we try to play both ways, you know, um, offensively and defensively. I think we're going to play core some more safety this year, um, this next couple of weeks. But um, we don't have that much depth as older guys. So they, they kind of got Pratt Cornell against Osceola going both ways. He kind of got burnt out. Probably played his worst game defensively. So you have to be kind of uh, mindful. Of you do got to be – yeah. Yeah, you have to be kind of mindful of how many snaps you get of guys on both sides of the football and also on special teams. So, you know, we'll probably try to play a little bit more offense and, and take them off a few special teams just to keep them a little bit fresher. Is there a sense of um, um, like a self-evaluation, like what well, no, what um, – uh, self scouting, right? So, yeah. you know, we, we call it always, we, we, you know, when you're scouting the team, you're, you're looking at the next team. Always enjoy, well, maybe not enjoy it because sometimes you got results you didn't want to when you self scout and you realize, man, I'm doing something that's ridiculous. They're going to see that all the time. That tendency is crazy. But you do some of that self evaluation. I think that's important. Um, I don't care if you're coaching football or you're doing whatever job you do. I don't care what it is. I think self-evaluation is, is key and really looking to see, hey, what do we do well, what do we not, and, and really what do we need to work on. That's the stuff that, that you do on a Sunday morning. 
you know, as you're watching the film? Yeah, we, we self, self scout, make sure we won't have no glaring tendency, you know, where we place our running back at and two by two sets. So is he always to the trip side or is he away from the trip side? So we try not to have as many tendencies, but you know, we, we're, we're mighty bad right now offense. So you just want to be able to get four or five yards the best way you can. If that's running the same play over and over, if we can get you no know, four or five yards, that's so good right is. now. You know, we're trying to do anything we can to have some success on offense and, and move the football. Because if we can control the football this week against Venice, you know, they try to go up tempo, high speed. And the thing we did last year that was so special to us was we they spent so much time on the sideline last right. year. So right. if we control the clock of those guys and make them have to come out and try to score quickly, that will be in our favor, we think. One thing that that you know people out there they'll they'll ask and question about and they watch everybody's and everybody's an armchair quarterback <laughs> everybody's a head coach on on uh, but not being a head coach so uh, but one of the questions that that's kind of come up and you know the, I think it comes back to do we have the per- personnel to do that is you know you watch college you watch pros especially in the pro game a lot of motion sometimes back and forth dummy motions to kind of read the defense in high school you know i don't know if the defenses are that way you know as as complex as in the pros obviously um but is that something to look into hey can we motion can we do some things to make the defense work maybe getting confused even if we don't get it confused even if it's a simple motion they're moving and changing as the snap's going or as the snap is starting you know they've had to move and change i, I was a heavy uh Pro-style offensive guy, a lot of shifts in motion most of my career. Probably out of 15 years, I did that about nine or ten of them. Um, but it, but you have to have a staff. When you guys were here in 16 or 15, yes. I believe you guys were a lot of motion. Yeah, motion and shifting. Yep, a lot of shifting. And with that type of offense, you have to have some guys that can help you coach it up. You know, it's hard now because we're very limited in our staff right now to get yep. that type of yep. coach up. Because also when you shift in motion, those guys in the box are going to shift in motion. Sure. And right now you, I'm trying to not do anything to confuse my linemen right now. Sure. I want them to know exactly where they're going to line up at and, and make sure they stay right there so they know where to block them at. But um, I think once I get this you know, staff settled down you know, over, over the next couple of years, I think we'll be able to get more into a lot of shifts in motion. And, and I, can, I can dictate to the defense a lot more about what we're going to do. And, and just, I mean, people may not even know this. You know, we had an offensive line coach that unfortunately had some family circumstances, had to go um, first first week after the first week of the season. And so, you know, it's tough. It's, and that's exactly what you're talking about. It's tough to be able to, um, to do things when – uh, again, some of those small things may be missed because we don't have a dedicated offensive line coach. We've had to bring somebody over to say, hey, can you help? You know, I know it's Coach like, Conley's it's doing high, It's high school football. You, you can't just go out and get another guy right now to come coach. Correct. Because, you know, most guys have jobs. They sure. can just leave their jobs sure. and go coach high school football for free. So it's not like college. You know, if this happened in college, they can go out and hire another guy to bring in or bring an analyst in or a grad assistant in. So... Right now, we're trying to do it by committee. You know, the kids still playing hard up front. They're just not coached as well as I'm accustomed to up front. Sure, sure. And then that's, you know, again, like you say, uh, this is not uh, this is not go pick a new coach off the tree because, <laughs> you know, look, I, sadly to say, and I'm working on it, uh, but, you know, our coaching supplements at Meads County are not the best. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to try to settle that. Hey, listen, stay with us out there. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back with our, our preview of tomorrow night's game against the Venice Indians after this quick word from our sponsors. Champions aren't made by sneaker companies, social media, or television networks. Champions are forged by Florida's merciless summer sun. One more sprint ran in the sand. One more set of bench presses 
and one more hour of rep after rep after rep until perfection is reached and character is made rock solid. The Hurricane Champions Foundation will provide the resources needed to cover the cost of special projects and gear needed to ensure that our Hurricane athletes participating in all sports have the resources and opportunities they need to match the size of their hearts and the depth of their dedication. The Hurricane Champions Foundation, supporting Manatee High School Athletics, where champions are made. Support the Manatee Champions Foundation. For just $10 a month, you can help our local athletes realize their championship dreams. Find out more and set up your donation at hurricanechampionsfoundation.org. That's hurricanechampionsfoundation.org. Accidents happen every day, and no one expects that it's going to happen to them until it does. That's when your whole life can turn upside down. If you find yourself in that position, either from a personal injury or an on-the-job injury, you don't have to go it alone. Protect yourself with the team that's been protecting the rights of the injured in Bradenton and Sarasota for over 30 years. Legler, Murphy, and Battaglia. All injuries, all the time. Contact them today by going to allinjurieslaw.com. That's allinjurieslaw.com. Welcome back, everybody, to In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Jacquez Green. I'm your host, Chad Choate. Talked a little bit about last week. Also, just some some X's and O's talks and, 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 and how we prepare for games and that sort of thing. Let's get in, coach, to uh, the Venice Indians. You know, somebody that I know here around here and, and since you've been here, we've played every year. It was district play um, the last several years, so, so obviously meant a whole lot to the whole grand scheme of things. This year, not district play, um, but there's still that, that rivalry um, and still that nastiness. Um, I know a lot of the guys over there on that staff um, and, uh, you know, haven't, talk, haven't, been, haven't been talking too much trash this year, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the kids know each other just from youth league and seven-on-seven leagues and things like that. Um, tell us about what you guys saw over the weekend and you scouting the Venice Indians. Venice is a, they, they, they a team that plays hard. You know, they get to the football defensively. Uh, they run the ball pretty physical up front on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they got some very, very quick outside receivers. You know, they're small guys, but they're very quick and understand how to get open. Um, they do a good job with their tempo. They try to uh, tempo you in the ground, uh, make sure you not communicate, make you not pay attention. And once your eyes go in the backfield, somebody comes wide open down the field. So first thing we have to do against Venice, we have to be able to line up correctly against their formations. And the second thing we have to do is, is play physical up front and stop the run. You know, try to make them one dimension. don't have to win the game with the quarterback. When uh, when you look at the the Venice Indians, uh, they're five and zero coming into this into this game. Last week beat Lakewood Range sixty one to seven. Previous week beat Palmetto forty two to ten. Other than that, they've played Sarasota, some Edgewater, Coco, some good teams. They're not afraid to play anybody really anywhere. Um, and uh, you know, looking at their offense, um, you said you know a lot of. A lot of some skilled guys on the edge, some quicker guys on the edge. They do have a big, big tight end type kid. Um, uh, I believe his name is um, uh, number eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, number eighty-eight, Bray. Um, big kid, big target. Play him at tight end, flex him out at wide receiver a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about um, the up tempo. What does the up tempo do? Well, let me let's go back. Let me first say, what do you have to have offensively first to run the up tempo? What's needed from that? Second, what does the up-tempo do to the defense aside for us playing that offense? What does it do and how does it strain the defense? Well, if you're an up-tempo team, usually you're running, 
usually you're running pretty simple plays that your kids know real well and you can play at a fast pace without having to signal in too many, you know, make too many signals on the sideline. They do a good job about getting the ball placed and getting the ball spotted and snapping the ball within those four or five seconds. Um, uh, I think usually if they start the game off with a four or five uh, play sequence where they're already predetermined plays and they play at break, um, breakneck speed. I think once we weather that storm, it's more about getting lined up after that. You know, defensively, you just got to get lined up. You know, if you can't get lined up against that stuff, it's going to kill you. You know, the first thing, you got to be able to communicate. You got to be able to line up. And you have to be able to uh, make sure your eyes are in the right place depending on what position you play. So uh, if we can weather the storm early on and, and make those guys have to uh, you know, slow the game down some, they start after that. They start, you know, mostly checking from the sideline. I think Peacock is a wing T guy at heart. I think he from went to Georgia Southern, so he wants to check from the sideline. He wants to get the best play possible call. So we have to mix up our looks in the secondary to, to make them guess along with us. So, well, no, no question, Peacock. I think when he was in, when he was at uh, Cardinal Mooney, I think he was running back and, and linebacker played both. So I know he's he's a physical guy. You know, wants to be inside, kind of, kind of, you know, uh, that mentality of. Of, uh, of really owning the line of scrimmage. When you look at him, uh, Ryan Brown being the quarterback, good good size, 6'5", 205, you know, obviously looks like a prototypical quarterback. Doesn't run the ball a whole lot, um, you know, uh, but in even, even throwing, you know, out of the five games, he's only thrown about 108 times. So it really kind of breaks down to almost, you know, 10 times a game or, you know. Champions are uh, made by uh, sneaker companies. So let me ask you, media with, with them, do you feel like they Champions. are – uh, more so, we're going to run the ball when it opens up One more the passing game. We'll pass when we need to. Um, set of bench I don't think it's we're going to pass the run. I think it's more let's run, be physical, set the tone. When we need to, we're going to pull and throw um, and, and take shots when, when they're there. Yeah, they're more of a run-oriented team this year as opposed to last year. Last year, they had the guy quarterback for Resnick or something like that. But they threw the ball a lot more. They threw the ball and spread the field a lot more and threw more tone screens and fake tone screens and up-tempo, um, vertical route. So uh, this year, the they're running behind um, number 13 escort. He's a big back, about 210 pounds. Uh, he runs physical. The offensive line does a good job of playing with low pad left. Coming off, and they, they basically almost fear block everything up front. So if our guys can stand up you know, to their offensive line and stay on their feet from getting cut up front, then we'll be okay up front. Yeah, you talk about escort coming in the game, 74 carries, 628 yards. Um, three times 100 plus uh, yards and comes in with nine scores, leads the team with nine scores. You know, stopping the run seems to be a pretty consistent um, thing to say. Ryan Brown, actually, second running, second leading runner with 248. So obviously, relying a whole lot on escort. Um, but we, we, we tend to say that a lot. We tend to say stop the run a lot. When you stop the run and create a team to be one dimensional, meaning just being able to throw the ball. What does that allow your defense to do um, and really be able to to dictate the game? Yeah, exactly what you just said. It allows us to dictate the game and basically do what we want to do on defense. We don't have to be one-dimensional and we don't have to worry about getting eight or nine guys in the box each play. Now we can get a lead over the top and, and stop some of their speedy receivers on the outside from trying to get down the field. So um, I, we feel better. Uh, Know, making their quarterback try to beat us as opposed to them just being able to you know, run the ball between the tackles against us all night. One thing you can kind of look at and see, you know, as you look at some stats here, uh, really one, two, three guys with 10 or more catches, um, and really just one guy, uh, Hayes, I believe his first name is Amari, um, uh, with the most. 
um, catches in, in, in the season. So really that tells me, you know, it's not a whole lot of those three that you see, you know, two out of three times it's going to Amari Hayes. You know, whether it be RPO, whatever it may be, sometimes in, in on film you see, sometimes they're bringing the, the big guy, uh, number 88, you bring in Bray, let him kind of sit in his zone behind the linebackers. I think linebackers got to do a really good job, you know, getting some width, getting underneath that route. Because I think that's his checkdown guy. I think yeah. you know when he realizes, when the quarterback realizes nothing's there, he knows I got a six-six dude. I got a guy that you know put it anywhere between 12, 15 feet around him, and he may catch it. So I think really got to be on the second level as linebackers really be able to play that. Yeah, we have to be you know on, on the second level. I think Cornell is, you know have the speed to match their target in the middle. The thing they do well that is a cause for concern is they they, they will put Platt backside or, or number three backside. <clears throat> Against three by one and, and try to just sing, you know single him up against your corner and they'll check according to how you play. If you play off, they'll check hitch and those guys had the type of quickness that you know you play too far off they can make that guy miss and go to the house and if you play too tight they'll send him deep. So we have to be you know alive and ready to play backside against all three by one sets because that's that's probably one of their main formations. Yeah, they do a lot of nub sets too. So you have to yeah, be aware little, of how to get on. A little tight end you know, by yeah, itself. How to, how to defend those type of sets because those type of sets you don't see a lot of times. So we have to be on how to defend those kind of sets. A lot of times too. So two things there that you said. First, let's go to the let's go to the formation the three by one one receiver by himself. With one DB, typically, typically you play a safety over top and the cover three on the other side. We play a little bit of nickel, so we do have a have help on the inside. Where do you like to line? You know, um, I was always a, a, a trip to cover three, and we're gonna play single on the backside. Line them up inside leverage, so you take away the hitch and slants. Because I felt like the harder throw, especially in high school, was hitting someone down the sideline. That's gonna not complete more often than a slant or a hitch. How do we play on our side? How we? And I don't know necessarily give anything away, but you know, what do you think? What, what's your opinion on how we what, was, best way? We was playing that way for the last couple of years. We was always getting beat by long touchdowns. <laughs> so uh, you know, as this year came in, I'm like, we're not going to play solo on the backside. Change it up. I'm yeah. tired of getting beat deep by the single receiver on the backside by him running goal routes. You no, know, I was playing inside sure, left. He running sure. playing goal routes. You know, that, that comes back to coach. You know, that the cornerback needs to be taught to use the sideline and stay on the upfield shoulder and you know, push sure. him out of bounds. So this – this and squeeze. Yeah, pin and yeah. squeeze him. I think this week we'll try to um, – we'll try to mix up the looks backside. You know, we'll, we'll try to make it seem like he's singled up and have safety help over the top or whatever. Because we know it's the quarterback. Once he's determined to throw it, he, he's going to throw yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and another coverage that we used to run, and I know some of y'all out there listening, we may be getting into weeds, but, <laughs> you know, we, we, we played single on the third receiver – the number one on the trip side rolled everything back in the other way and almost played a quarters look you know the other way to have that safety help on that deep with number one let's go back to the nub set go back to when we say nub we're talking about you know trips on one side three receivers on one side tight end on the left with nobody else no wide receiver out there so if you can envision as you're listening to it tight ends on the is the third guy on the line of scrimmage um and the corner now has no one theoretically no wide receiver to guard but his guy is really the tight end but it forces, and I and I know what Peacock does, because it killed us in 2016, and I could not, we could not correct it. We couldn't get a corner to come down and be physical enough to set the edge. But that's what, that's why you do it. That's why, in my personal opinion, to get a, a corner who's not used to being physical in the run game, and putting him in the box, and now all of a sudden he's in the run game. Yes, they they had a ton of success with that a couple of years ago with uh, Stephon Johnson at quarterback. 
Uh, they'll run quarterback lead. They'll, yep. they'll run quarterback power with the running back and all those guys leading up the edge. And they always had you outnumbered to the boundary. So uh, we have to be aware of that. They're not doing it as much, but, you know, it's always uh, a play. It's his playbook. All <laughs> over and over again. Right. And so I've been told a lot of defense coordinators this week, you know, just be aware. They haven't shown a lot on film, but in the years past, they ran it a bunch of times, yep. you know. So we have to be aware of that. You know, it's a, it's a tough run fit for that corner. You know, we have to come up and take on the guy. And um, so hopefully we, you know, find ways to uh, – keep that from happening to us and when we get those guys on the ground top of whatever. on their defensive side of the ball you know they've um same old same old they've run the four two five basically for about 10 years now maybe 12 um so typically the same things really well coached um uh larry does a great job over there do their dc of really coaching their guys and putting them in the right spots um they got a really good defensive end i want to say his last name's parker um i know it's number 11 i know that and, and you won't miss him good looking kid um four star i know he's got offers everywhere um but what is it what you know from a standpoint of they don't do a whole lot of blitzing they don't do a whole lot of they play what they play and let their guys play um so how do you attack a team that's just really confident in what they do um and, and don't really do much and they feel like they don't need to do much they um they do what they do. You no, know, when I first got here, I was talking to uh, Coach Shakir, and I said, all they do is just send the four two and play cover three. But yeah, they did. That's all they do. over and over. <laughs> and um, they do it well, but they understand the weaknesses in their coverage. You know, they know how to play four verts. They know teams gonna try to throw four verts against them. They know how to match different routes. They they, they understand all the coverage videos for their coverage, which is you know smart. That's smart coaching staff, smart players. Huh? They play hard. Uh, they sound. They get to the football. So. Um, you know, last couple of years we had a, we, we thought we had a matchup up front. You know, we thought we could, they weren't very big up front. The linebackers weren't very big. We thought we could move them down up front. Uh, hopefully, we can get the run game going this week, so we can make them have to you know bring some extra pressure and, and free up our guys back you know on the on the on the outside. So um, nothing really changes. We just got to be more physical up front and, and try to run the ball to those guys. You know, I think that also help keep their offense on the on the sideline also. Well, listen, hopefully, uh, you know, it's a tough task. They're number one in the in the state right now, ranked with the RPI rankings. Um, uh, you know, going down there uh, to their place is, is always a tough place to play. Uh, the stadium will be packed for them. There's no question. Uh, looks like they've added some kind of cannon or something. I don't know. I saw when they, you know, they've, they got the, the video board. They've copied us and always, you know, tried to copy us and do our thing. And, and that's okay. But um, uh, we look forward to the game Friday. You know, I think the biggest thing at this point, let's see some progression. Let's see some progress in, in things. And let's put a team, let's put a game together with no turnovers, you know, um, and, and and really try to make those small mistakes go away. That's what we're looking for, you know, progression and, 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 and moving forward. Because I think we get at the end of the season here, we got a four-game stretch. Uh, I think we can be really competitive. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so hopefully we just get some progression and, and move forward. Yeah, I'm really, you know, hopefully we can get out there and we can, we can pound the football and, and hit some plays in the passing game. And, and not make mistakes, not make silly mistakes. You no, know, holding on a reverse where you really was supposed to be faking the run. That that's that's a self-inflicted mistake that we should never make. You no, know, he's a, he's a young player, tenth uh, grader, so he's he's coachable kid though. So uh, hopefully he learns from that, and, and we can get to the football on defense. I think overall we've been decent on defense. We just we just gotta eliminate the big plays, the big long touchdown pass over top of our head. Other than that, you no, know, we we've, we've made some stops and we've got some three and outs on defense and. Uh, Defensive line's been pretty decent, though, considering we're playing two freshmen and, and, a, and a sophomore. <laughs> right. They've been pretty right. decent up front, though. 
So hopefully we can keep getting better as a team and um, eliminate the mistakes. And you, ne you never know. You know, high school football, uh, a couple of years ago, we was at Lincoln. That was probably our worst team ever. We went up there and played Trinity Christian, and everybody thought they was going to beat the brakes off, and we pulled the upset off. You know, they, they, they ended up winning state that year. So anything can happen in football. Yeah, no, there's no question. Listen, I don't care what kind of football it is. Having football is better than not having football. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow night regardless. So we want everybody to tune in. We, we either head down to Venice uh, for the game starting at 730. You can tune in to the live stream as well on the app or on the website, mantifootball.com. As always, Coach, thanks for joining us everybody out there thanks for listening tune in next week as we go back over and recap the game uh against venice and look forward to the next game against leonard as always go canes go three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 